The following pendant production contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Hola, ¿cómo estás? Bienvenido. Yeah. How are you doing, Em? I'm good. How are you, Chris? I'm very good. Um, I thought we'd go for a, a less formal introduction for this one. Hiya. <laughs> All right. Yes, as it, I mean, it's such a long episode. We're really going to have a long time to get to know each other and the listeners to get to know us even more. We can just talk slower and stretch the commentary out. We we could, yes. I hear so many iPods getting turned off right now. Yeah, yeah. There's one. There you go. I'm Chris Britton, writer, director, general person of the line. With me is M. Sierra Garcia, editor, co-buddy of the line, soon to be co-writer. Co-buddy. Co-buddy. Yes. Co-buddy. Co-buddy. We're co-buddies of the line. Welcome to. Episode 8, Tristis, Crikey. the longest episode of ever. the line, to date, I won't ever. say, I won't say ever, <laughs> ever, I know what's coming, but, um, there's an asterisk by my ever, <laughs> yeah, a big fucking ax, asterisk, asterisk, how is everyone? I hope you're all wonderfully, wonderfully well. This commentary, as you'll see, is coming out on time as the same day as the episode, which is a novelty, really, for the past two months. Um, but we intend to keep this up for the future. Indeed. With and the help of the a little fine... pharmaceuticals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, pharmaceuticals are always good. What you got there? Uh, my allergy medication. Oh, that's boring. It's very sexy. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, not nearly as exciting as, as what Dee and Steph are up to in the actual episode. Oh, those girls wouldn't know for allergy medication, let me tell you. No. Although, yeah. <laughs> they might, might mix stuff with allergy, allergy medication. I, really, I, I have to take uh, allergy stuff most days because um, I have cats and I'm allergic to cats, which was possibly a, a silly decision to get cats, but I love them. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, so I have to take them most days. And then someone recently said to me, you know, you're not supposed to drink while taking allergy medica- medication. I was like, really? Did, you're not? I'm it, fine. It depends on what it is, because it can affect, like, the stuff that I'm on called Zizel, which is five letters and only one, one of them's a vowel. Um, <laughs> um, it's actually XYZ, which is, I just realized that, and I think that's funny. And then the letter A. Um, but uh, I'm just not supposed to drive if I'm going to drink on it. Oh, that's all right. I don't drive, so... Um... May cause drowsiness. Alcohol may intensify this effect. <laughs> I've never noticed it, really, to be quite honest. There has been the slow drop in IQ points over the past three years, but I'm sure that has nothing to do with it whatsoever. Uh-huh. Anyway, the show. The show. Um, yes, C1, D and Steph coming out from their final exams in school. We had a lot of issue with the exams and the American education system, didn't we, Em? You have issues with the American education system. I, I personally think it was a joint issue thing, in that I thought <laughs> I knew what I was talking about, and you knew that I didn't. <laughs> it's just, it's a different structure, and I was struggling to try and understand your structure there in the UK so that I could best describe to you how it, it is here in the US. Mind you, it is, like, kind of an... Because we're doing this kind of an East Coast school, um, I did my best to, to make sure that I was, you know, it's a New York school, but they apparently run their, their school years the same way as where I live and where I've gone to school. And I checked in with some of my friends who are teachers to make sure I had the information right. And so it's pretty much just what I remember. Exactly. So I just kind of kept reminding you, no, we don't have, we don't call it math. It's math. And... We'd I think I only did that once. It was more. It was, it was, it was getting the difference between the SATs and the and your finals and, and the finals. Yeah, SATs are completely separate, um, and they're taken at various times during the year, and it's usually, yeah. you know, at X amount of time. And so it's yeah. But you know what? It everybody's a winner in the end because we all learned. We did. We did. We all learned, um, and it's I hope right in the script, which is the which is the only important outcome. Yay! Oops, here we are in the well, Horny Devil. We are. This is the first time in the Horny Devil where I haven't had a, some sort of band, an actual song playing. Um, I've kind of turned it into a club, uh, as in a you know, non-band nightclub thing. 
Um, and here we have uh, our lovely um, Kristen Bays. Love her. And the, in, the indomitable Mr. Tom Stitzer. The indomitable Mr. Tom Stitzer in full camp mode. Oh, yeah. Indomitable, yes, it is. Asterix was an indomitable goal in the comics. So, yes, it was. It is a word. <laughs> And then, um, oh, a fucking capitalistic cock. That's a phrase that should get employed a lot more. Fucking <laughs> In life. Yes. Well okay. Done, you should tweet that. I should tweet fucking capitalistic cock. Yes, should you should tweet it. I should tweet it at Donald Trump. Um, There's so many people that tweet that at my love. There, there are, yeah. Um, yeah, a little bit of um, little bit of drug transaction going on with Phil here, as we we sort of learn a little bit more about Phil and his uh, his dealing ways that were mentioned all the way back in episode one. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, he didn't actually turn up until episode four, um, when he was uh, rather distracted with something in of Tom's in his mouth. So it is, and and now yeah, and so there's a little bit of. Discussion here going on between Phil and Steph about what's going on with Tom, and we sort of learn that uh, Steph doesn't really know about their relationship, doesn't even really know that they knew each other. Oh, that's right, that's right. You know that church has turned him into a real douche. You know that church has just turned him into a real douche. I've grown to love that word, douche. Yeah. And I think George Takei made it special for me, so. What's not to love about it? great. It's a great word, and just to hear George Takei say, you are a douche, was perfect, and now I want to use it in everyday conversation. Is that what he said about that uh, cock of a basketball player? No, it was the, the, I think it wasn't a superintendent, it was some some guy from um, a school system somewhere in the middle of America, that whole section of America is one big state to me. Um, sorry, I live in Washington, so, you know. Ah, uh, welcome back, everyone. M's list of people that she needs to piss off. <laughs> On today's list, the middle of America. It's a whole lot of people to fucking piss off. No, um, it's, it's fine. I'm noting that down. That's your number one of today. People of middle America. Okay, carry on. <laughs> Geographically, not economically. Um, but the, there was some school, like, I, I want to say superintendent, but I don't think it's right, who, ba- who made this statement about gay students that it's all right, you know, they'll just give each other AIDS and die. And oh, nice. Yes. And so George Takei put out uh, a video, and it's on YouTube, and it's all part of the It Gets Better program. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm, yeah so I'm special and that. important. And, and he just makes comments like talking about, well, you said this, and you've made that statement. Mr. So-and-so, I, you are a douche. And then... <laughs> Like I would never wish death on anyone, and I can't believe you would do that. It's beaut, it's elegant, but just to hear George Takei say that, I highly recommend everybody go and hunt it down. Although I think it's been kind of semi-viral and gotten around. I think. It, uh, yeah, I think I think somehow it. I've missed it, but um, we'll we'll put it up on the blog. We'll do, we'll do. We'll, we'll put a link up up on the blog um, tomorrow. Uh, so yeah, go and check that out. So it's it's very cool. I mean, it's a big movement that it gets better, and it's very special. Yeah, so. if you're unaware, it, it is definitely worth um, checking out. And um, you know, if if you have if you have gay kids or trans kids who are maybe struggling at the moment, or if you indeed are a gay or trans kid, then I I highly recommend checking out as well because uh, God knows it does get better. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was a bit serious there for a moment. We just had um, our own little special after-school, you know, after-school special moment. We, we did. Da-da-da. Right. Um, yes, Kitty and Sahi, also in the club. Our first, this is sort of our first little social scene with the two of them. It is, and they're being like the, the parents that are hiding in the background going, okay, what's going on? What are they doing? They are having a very, a very special moment there. Not they special, are. but it, it's like a more Start personable moment instead of, you know, what they've been. Talking about the end of the world, although they are talking about the end of the world yeah. a little bit, but yeah. Well, this is... Okay, right. This is my this is my drugs-positive story episode. Why do I need a drugs-positive story episode? Well, uh, for two reasons. Firstly, that um, the percentage of people that 
take drugs, be they um, uh, prescription ones or illegal ones, uh, the percentage of people who actually have a bad reaction of it is so tiny that it's really amazing how much in media we see bad things happen to people who take drugs. Um, because it's not uh, statistically fair at all. Um, you know, you watch any sort of teen high school drama, and, you know, if they go near anything uh, vaguely drug-related, then you know something bad's going to happen to them. Horror movie, anyone who smokes weed, they're going to die. Um, so I sort of wanted to tell it from, tell a, a story that didn't have that um, outcome. Also, it was sort of a little bit of an... Uh, uh, on, a thank you to the joy and wonder that is Bill Hicks, um, <laughs> who himself said that you never see a positive drug story. You never see kids takes acid, has some wonderful hallucinations, falls asleep, and wakes up two days later, um, which is majoritively what happens. You know, they don't throw themselves off the roof. Not all of them. Very few of them throw themselves off the roof. Okay. Well, you know, you got, you, you've got to contextualise the amount of acid pills that are produced on a weekly basis that are consumed at the weekend, the amount right. of people throw themselves off roof. Right. How many stories do you hear about people throwing themselves off a roof while on acid? Right. Well, you hear lots of them, but they're still disproportionately <laughs> promoted compared to the amount of people who do acid and are fine. Okay. Um, and yeah, Bill Hicks has felt very strongly that should be on positive story. So here is my positive story. Of course, I'm saying all this over the screaming of uh, people as they are seeing piles of blood pouring out the bathroom, um, which is possibly not the best soundtrack to this little political spiel that's going right. on. Um, <laughs> but it's unrelated. <laughs> it is unrelated. So they're all having this wonderful hallucination. So yeah, so this is my positive drug story. So I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to show people taking drugs and not very positive. I'm not saying everyone should go out and take drugs. I'm not saying blood coming out of the pipe. Yeah, I'm not saying like you know we should just live our lives stoned off our tits. And I'm not saying it's necessarily a good thing to go out and take drugs. But I am saying that people do, and people in the majority are fine afterwards. Um, and also, I wanted to show antidepressants. Um, and medication of that sort being right. used to positive effect as well, because very often that is deemed very negatively in right. the media. You you know you often hear oh it just leaves people vegetables, and it doesn't. I mean you know you can be misprescribed stuff, and I do believe there is a problem with kids being prescribed um, medication for ADHD and various other disorders oh, like that maybe. Yeah, exactly, and it's it's just more that they're just a bit annoying, and no parent wants an annoying kid. So, you know, I think there is an issue to be discussed there. But, you know, I've been on antidepressants and, and it fucking helped because I felt like shit. Um, and, it, and, you know, it sort of sorted me out. So, anyway, end of Chris talking about that. Um, but that's kind of what this, this episode is about, as well as, obviously, fighting a demon and uh, getting Kitty to go on a date, which is cool. Um, and also, the rift between Dee and Steph grows ever bigger, as we hear right now. Cosmic now. It's, it's just getting unbelievable how quickly and what's kind of... And it, it just, just keeps just keep us because it gets interesting. Well, I absolutely adore Kristen's uh, and Tanya's chemistry mm-hmm. and just how, you know, we're only eight episodes out from the beginning. In episode one, it was so friendly and so supportive. And by now, it just, and Dee's got this real, like, real mean streak in her uh, that is, you know, crosses well over into homophobia at times in the way that she talks about Kitty and Sahi, mm-hmm. which, I, you know, it's not Dee is actually homophobic, you know, it's just that that's a way she knows she can get at Steph because she knows Steph doesn't appreciate that kind of language at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've quite I have quite enjoyed writing this little this the, the, this this friend breakup. Um, I think Steph even makes a comment that uh, she thinks she got dumped for real this time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so it's the end of the end of the BFFs. But because I know what's happening next, I don't feel so sad. Yeah, I know. We can't, we, can't, we can't talk about that, though. You mean when they both decide to become superheroes and they buy a Batmobile? 
Oh, you can talk about that, but if you want. Yeah. Okay. Oh, was that out loud? Never done with the fucking flaggy flag because you know what? You've been on the computer for three solid hours and you were you're not getting any. I think this is the episode that really brings to the fore Kitty and Sarahi have a working relationship now. Mm-hmm. Like quite a strong friendship that's sort of built up over the past few months. There's this kind of mutual approval of each other's habits that are they're disgusted by. Yeah. It's <laughs> how I feel about it. Like Sahi just accepts that Kitty's going to drink so that she smells like a bar and she just is going to be the bra- be brash and, and 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 you know just say what she thinks and Kitty just accepts that Sahi's got a stick the size of, you know, the Washington Monument up her ass. I mean you were saying last last month uh on this on episode 7 commentary that um that you sort of felt Sahi was just really annoying, and I think this is the this is the first episode where she begins to lighten up, and we we begin to learn a little bit more about her, and she mm-hmm. kind of chills out. Yeah, she gets to do some great fucking swearing towards the end. Yeah, it's like the first time. So I kind of held off with Sahi, and it's kind of it's all this self control and controlling her language and controlling her movements. And this is the first episode where she sort of loses control, and I think it does us some good. Yay! Let me know when she can start saying motherfucker because it's my favorite. Fa- oh really? Okay, all right. I'll. Uh, I I'll... love the word motherfucker. It's just it has so much power. You can stop a lot of people dead in their tracks with just saying, "Look, motherfucker." This is true. I'm not sure I've ever actually used it at someone. I don't know. I'm quite, you know. I mean, I swear a fuckload, as you all know from listening to this commentary. But um, but I don't, I don't tend to swear at people very often. Not in anger or anything, but I don't get angry very often either. I don't really do anger. No, you're a pretty even keeled kind of guy. It takes quite a bit. Usually some sort of political brouhaha. Oh, well, that's different. I mean, you know, if you're a fucking right wing cock, then you deserve everything that comes to you, don't you? But, um, <laughs> but politics is different, man. You know, politics is politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can get angry about politics. I can get angry about people who have wrong opinions about movies and TV as well. Different opinions. No, wrong opinions. Some people do have different opinions, but most most people just have wrong opinions. <laughs> oh, Chris. Yeah. You do visuals. I just want to give you a little gold star. Where are we now? Uh, somewhere in the episode, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Sahi's talking about, they're talking about the blood. Um, and that it's at least suggesting that the barriers uh, between heaven and hell are breaking down. Of course, this episode, you know, is obviously it's all about hallucinations and this demon that's controlled. I'm saying all this. I'm assuming you've listened to the episode first, you know, obviously. Anyway, uh, so the demon controlling all their visions through the televisions and stuff. Um, but the signs that they're seeing are the signs that will come when the barriers between heaven, hell, and earth really do begin to break down. Very so Zahi's quite freaked out. I used... Ah, oh, so here we are, Ashworth Ganation. Hey, hello, hey. Ashworth. Um, as the TV announcer, he only has one line. I, using a TV announcer is a really, really lazy way of doing shit. Um, it's a quick way to get some exposition out. It is. and it's a Without bit of it being TV announcer from Exposition TV. Well, the, the, what he says, basically, the only other way of getting out would be to step to relay it, or Sahi, and how would they know, because they've just come back from the place before, so then you've got to kind of have Joe turning up, which he does, or already has, but I, I don't know, it just, I just I just felt I wanted to use the TV announcer trope. Also, it kind of throws a TV in there, which is good, because of course the TVs are the way that, uh, the way that it, um, things are being purported to them. The music gets rather accelerant here. Oh, this is where Asahi goes apeshit. Yes, that's right, yeah, and goes and beats up uh, someone she believes to be uh, possessed. Alright, everyone back in. Everyone back in. Wow. You want to tell me what the hell that was about? This was a weird script. It just was weird for me. In what way? Not in, not in the in the reading of the line. It's just, it, I really, I did some research for myself to kind of understand some other things as far as, um... Just the whole plaguing thing, the whole visions thing. I did. I went back and did a little research in the Bible, uh, in the New Testament and the Old Testament about visions, about Satan, and just kind of just to make, to kind of grasp at it because the, the the concept of 
people getting messages from God in the way of visions is interesting to me, but to see evil and darkness just seems counterintuitive if you have a deity that you respect and love and loves you. Hmm. I know what you mean. Does that make sense? You never see the bad guys getting visions. Right. Of like, oh my god, I dreamt of puppies and kittens. I need to go kill someone. <laughs> they have good, yes, yeah, they have the opposite. They have good visions, yeah. Um, I was baking cookies with my mother. <laughs> I shouldn't have shot her that time at the drug bust. <laughs> well, this is also the first episode where we finally get, uh, we finally, what? We get a mention of David Shield. Ah, that's right. And coming of seven people at the solstice. Um, of course, this episode is set um, around May 2010. That's where we are continuity-wise. So these, uh, the summer solstice is coming up. So for you kids playing at home, you know, you watch calendars. I'm glad you mentioned that because sometimes I, I tend to forget that I forget that we are on a timeline. We are on a timeline. Well, originally, I don't know if I've said this before in the commentary, sorry if I'm repeating myself, originally it was written to uh, be released real time. Hmm. So there would be one episode a month every episode this year, and it would stretch over 2010, starting January and then. But then, like, the episodes became incredibly long, and, um, and so then we had to cut them in half. And the release, you know, we weren't really ready to go to release and to start until April. So I thought, you know, fuck it, we'll, we'll run it as real time, but the episodes will get further and further on. Which is also kind of good, because it means I can go back and edit scripts a little bit and put in real world events. Right. And you, which you have, and I like that. Yeah. Um, now we, we have Kitty and the Therapist. Who's played yeah. by Richard Custo. Indeed, welcome back, Richard. Your third role in the line. Bang Vivo, um, Richard. After, Bang Vivo. After the bully and, uh, of course, the wonderful Jean-Pierre Calice. Um, back as a rather douchebag therapist. Which kind of sucked because I... I mean, it's kind of like, you know, being an antidepressant. You, some people have good stories, some people have bad. I personally had a really... Excellent yeah, uh, response with working with a therapist. And I think Kitty kind of gets it, but it's kind of... I, I like that it's a very Kitty... She just... She starts to open up a little, but she's still very Kitty. Indeed. And, no, and you know, this is not an indictment on therapy, Christ, or anything like that. I've, I've had therapists as well, and they've all been uh, wonderful. Um, and you do sort of wonder if he's just being a bit douchey because he's had to spend an hour with Kitty, who's, you know... Dinky McDrinkerson? <laughs> who's not possibly being the most receptive person to the whole process. Um, yeah, it's a, it is a two-way street, and Kitty's definitely made it one way for a little bit. So, but I, I, I mean, you know, I wax lyrical about Cat Pride most of the time, but in this script, I think she's just, um, this whole episode, just especially wonderful, because obviously mm-hmm. it plays between the, the lows at the beginning of absolute despair with the blood and everything, then kind of through this recovery scene, and then into the highs later, once um, she starts taking some medication. Right. Um, which leads some interesting uh, through roads for Kitty's character, really, because obviously when we met her, she was a suicidal... Uh, Su- suicidal maniac who was uh, desperate to find a way off the planet and now we begin to see a little bit well she's meeting people who maybe make her want to stay a little bit more and, more of a, um, a different kind of an influence because before she really was just on her own and she had no one to, no one there she had no support structure and now she has she kind of has a family again yeah it's a mishmash of of unique family members but dysfunctional family you never get to choose your family anyway so it's it, it is a family in that yeah yeah absolutely but yeah cheers for coming back richard we're gonna have to find you another role i think um richard, my, to be a man of many voices my my fellow admirer of the best flip-flops in the world what are the best flip-flops in the world? Havaianas. They're from Brazil. There was a discussion on the on the list about 
flip-flops and them being horrible, which some people don't like them. I personally love them, especially these, because they're made by angels. They're wonderful and pretty and sparkly, and I have a pair that glow in the dark. Fair enough. How much did you just make for that little spiel? <laughs> but other flip-flops are available. There we go. Thank you. That's that. You know what? Actually, the tagline competition continues because um, obviously we only really kicked that off with the last commentary, which is kind of coming out late um, today. <laughs> shh. Uh, people might be listening to this in the future. We don't want to make ourselves like totally sound so disorganised. We're humans. Um, we are. Anyway. This is this is true. Live. But yeah, the tagline competition is still open, but we could have all of the line. Other brands are available. Um, <laughs> That would be good. The line, other shows are available. (laughs) The line, not just your typical show, but other shows are available. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But yeah, competition's still open, kids, so we'll talk about that a bit more towards the end, I think. The line, Um, equal opportunity spiritual offender. Absolutely. Although we we have, we've focused very much on one one religious faith so far. So easy. (laughs) I'm sorry, as a Catholic, we just make it so easy for ourselves. Well, yeah. But there's more coming, kids. Yay! More coming. Episode 9 and 10. Something a bit different. Oof. Oh, God, yeah. <gasps> That's all I'm saying. That's I know. It. Right. Stop yeah. it. People hate it when we go on in cop-out commentaries. But I know, know but I love it. <laughs> so, suck it. But I found some incredibly I mean, douchey no, sort of spiritualistic music to go under this scene. Um, I really wanted some like whale song, but um, I couldn't couldn't track any down. <laughs> I just I thought we'd go over with Kitty, Kitty going, ah, oh, fucking hell, I just want to fuck a woman and go. Ah! Ah! <laughs> this amuses me. I don't know why. <laughs> now this scene. Um, yes, please talk about something else. <laughs> Pete Milan, um, it's lovely to hear him play Paul in such a different light. Um, and I was quite excited about this one when I first wrote it down because I thought oh, oh, I wanted yeah. something really grim. Originally, Cecile was in it as well, but I actually wanted to keep her away because I thought that the whole the, the father speaking this way to the daughter is much creepier and much mm-hmm. more offensive in some ways than if Cecile's there was, was there as well. I it weirded me out. I thought that was really creepy, and I I knew where you were going, so I don't I don't think I had any. I think maybe he drops the c word, and that you know, well, my position on that is well known. Hey, I know I don't believe he does. I think if he did, you edited it out. Yeah. I think I let it go. <laughs> Thank you. For once. If there's ever a headbutting. That goes on between the two of us. It's usually, I would say, it's maybe eighty percent because of that fucking word. Maybe, although, yeah, you used it voluntarily yesterday, so yeah, did I? I think you're, yes, you did. Your arguments lost. But that was, you know, that's that's not in, in full company. That's you know, that's in the company of my friend. <laughs> what? This is this is just this is just the two of us. I mean, we're told this isn't the people. Just the two of us. This is the people who listen to us. We're told people listen, but you know. All six of them will hear me say the c word, and I will not have that. <laughs> six, you're so optimistic. Um, well, there's my mom. <laughs> oh yeah, I can well imagine your parents. Is your mom? Listening. Is your dad? There's me and you. Christ. <laughs> My parents aren't coming anywhere near this. I, you know, I did say, I said, you're more than welcome to listen to the show, and you're more than welcome to listen to the commentary, but just be aware it's quite adult. There's and maybe not in line with your thinkings. I have, I've selected what podcasts of mine my parent, my mom can listen to, and this is definitely one of them. This is not one of them. We just heard a nice little woo sound, which I've kind of used as like a scene transition thing. Um, I, I hope that was clear, uh, because I wanted the music to continue right through. Right, and then one thing we kind of just glazed right over was the scene between Steph and Paul is just really, this is out of, it's, it's, it's like an extreme version of the character, and it was beautifully done. And the first time I read this, I was like, why would Paul talk to her like that? Chris, I don't understand. And then I kept reading 
into the next scene. I was like, what the hell? And then it just then when you did the reveal, it was you know, it took me a minute. And I, I really hope that that's the reaction everyone gets when they're listening. Like, wait a minute, what 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 the fuck is going on? It, I I, lo- I really loved what you did. Well, I hope that comes across in listening to it. I do like I like this spiral that happens here. So you've got Steph and her dad, and you've got Joe and his parents, and then you have the small little scenes of people, even up to Father Jacob and Paul themselves, who have also been affected, um, which which suggests that you know something interesting is going on if they're also being affected too by this demon, and um, and then it's spiraling into the uh, the oh, the whole town is uh, is currently in this grip of despair. You have an hour and take them to be I believe at some point Joe's mom down here refers to his battleship Gattaca instead mm-hmm. of uh, Battlestar Galactica. It's Battlestar Galactica! Yeah, which is a... Um, I, I'm not sure what the show Joe, Joe's typing about at the beginning where he's saying, this is the best sci-fi show on TV ever, and now it's shit. Um, I don't really know what it was. I mean, like, I just sort of wrote it as a generic thing. Um, oh, Babylon 5! <laughs> you know what? I never stuck with Babylon 5. Babylon 5 is a pile of shit. Is it? Because lots of people tell me it's incredible, the best it. sci-fi opera ever made. I hated it. Yeah, I, I, I never, I just never, I, I, the first season I know is terrible and not well acted, or not particularly well acted, and so I kind of just never got past that, but everyone who has watched the whole thing all the way through always goes, oh my god, it's incredible. Right, and you know, I'm so glad, because when this scene came up, Joe's mom, Joe's dad, who are played by Deborah Adams and Ray uh, Seltrelli. Indeed, welcome to the line, guys. Um, I, I, I yeah, um, nice to have a bit more of Joe's family life there because we've heard a little bit about his scientist parents who locked themselves in their lab because they're both bioscientists and things and then messing around with uh, with various diseases and, uh, into- and, and toxins and things. So it's quite nice to actually see them in the flesh, although, of course, a very exaggerated version, as you were saying, with uh, Paul. Well, I'm ever so pleased that you let me keep in the... Because I put in the bit where they refer to each other as mother and father in kind of that creepy, like, children of the corny parents kind of way. <laughs> well, father thinks. Don't you agree, mother? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm not thanks. sure if they do that in reality or whether that's just right. in Joe's brain. But um, I think they do it in just Joe's... They just do it in Joe's brain. But it was just that little, little extra step of creepy yeah, well, that I wanted to yeah. include. And now Sahi versus the CIA officer, and oh, I, I get a little political on your ass. I know. You can take this. What? I can what this? You, you can take. You, you can. You can. You can. You can talk about this bit if you want. Because you you, I'm just going to get angry and shout <laughs> about Guantanamo Bay and uh, illegal wars and. Uh, and well, general racism and ethnic profiling and uh, the appalling state of U.S. Uh, homeland security and how it is deeply offensive to pretty much anyone trying... See, see, I've already started. So you talk about it. It's fine. Well, it's not just America. Uh, no, it's not just America. Although America's one of the few countries that I now have to pay to get into. Um, sorry. sorry. Carry on. That's why I have two passports, baby. Yeah, well, not all of us, you know, have parents from different parts of the world who've then taken citizenship in different parts of the world. It's hard to get two passports. Um, I'm taking any to any way I can get it. Absolutely. Well, we this is another point of contention because there were we. It's, I don't know. There was there was a racial slur that that we don't use here, and I have heard it, and it it chills me because I just think it's unbelievable. And it's still in there. I mean, it's there. Yes, it's, it is. And I still hate it, but Sahi's response was, you know, fuck you. Although I don't yeah. remember how I delivered it, so I hope I said it in a kind of fuck you kind of way. This is where Sahi begins to start swearing a bit. and uh, Here it is. She gets... Yeah, it's it's pretty grim. I agree, um, and it is a, it is and it is very much a British slur. But I think it is one that has become a bit more universal <clears throat> since uh, since nine eleven and mm-hmm. since this sort of uh, assuming that uh, that any, anyone who is mildly Middle Eastern looking must a be a Muslim, b be uh, maybe Pakistani or Iraqi, and c be a terrorist. Um, 
you know, so I, I just wanted to address that in a short kind of way. We'll come back to that in the, in the future of the show, I'm sure we will. Um, it's such a massive part of the human zeitgeist at the moment, at least in the uh, westernised world. Mm. And at this point, I think everyone should be figuring out that there's something a little strange going on. Something is afoot in Angel Falls. There is. I love this little line about Dee's mum trying to send her off to be a nun in a convent. That amused me. And an interesting line from Tom here. Because Tom's vision of despair is sort of realising who he truly is and sort of breaking out of whatever this funk that he's been in over the past few months. He's... Yeah, but I'm not saying any more about that. No, it's wrong with him. So Oi. No job. No, no job. Money, no money. No money. I know. I love that line. Pete Mylan, I hurt you. Daughter. Yeah. I have, I have a, I have a vocal crush on Pete Mylan. I'm, I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. We all have a vocal crush on Pete Mylan. We all do. That's right. We, so we I all basically call him just have a crush on Pete Mylan, don't we? We do. Yeah. I need to call him and say, we're talking about you in the commentary. Be sure to listen. <laughs> and then it builds and builds and builds and everyone's saying, I feel so, I feel so. What's it building to? Oh, welcome back, Kitty. Yeah, her meds really kicked in and kicked in well, and that's well awesome. Oh. Again, I'm exaggerating uh, right. the effect a little bit, but not so much because the the point is that her immortality obviously is weakening the effect of anything that she takes. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's on pretty damn strong medication now. <laughs> uh, now this you know. is what we give to elephants when they're depressed. Seriously, triple doses Xanax or something, I don't know. But um, It is a suppository the size of a small fist, but meh. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm on very little sleep and coffee's kicked in. That's all right. That's fine. Uh, we get a nice little date scene between uh, Kitty and between uh, Nurse Nicole Geller last scene in episode six, Aww. where they had a bit of a flirt. Oh, they did, did they? Uh, Nicole played by my wife Bex. She's a hottie. If I were going on a date with a chick, it would totally be her. Well. So that's quite exciting. Unfortunately, it's all spoilt by Steph running in. Um, I think I just wrote, uh, yeah, I kept writing the script like crying just gets louder and more and more over the top. Go crazy. And Tanya is a fantastic crier. (laughs) In the best way, seriously. Awesome. She's brilliant. I, I mean, I, I have a little girl crush on our Tanya. Apart. You just want to, like, take care of her. She's so sweet. And then she's so fucking brilliant on this. Yeah, I know. Wank, wank, wank. I know. It's not a wank. I really do. I, you know, I'm not going to lie. No, no, it's good. It's good. If I think you suck, like... I might tell you. You're serious. But not on the government. Nobody sucks in this cast. That's true. Well, Chris, you suck. Yeah, I know I suck. I suck hard. Not on the first date. No. Oh, no, on the first date, seriously. I'm really? easy, man. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll suck anything. Do I look like Peter fucking Vinkman? Yeah, that's not in the script. That is a total cat pride insert that just made me laugh. Cat! That's the BAFTA right there. Yeah. No, that it's the BAFTA, it's the Emmy, it's the daytime Emmy. I hadn't well even correlated that this scene is very similar to that scene in... Uh, Ghostbusters, <laughs> but um, yeah, it amused me. Oh, a bit more music from uh, Killing Jazz here, who I also used back in episode six. Oh no, sorry, used back in episode five. I apologise. Mm. So far, I'm going to go and visit Jean-Pierre Calli. It's quite a cool little jazz jazz troupe. They've only got one album out that I've seen so far, but um, it's pretty <clears> funky. And where did you find them? Oh, I found them at Jumendo.com, home of all. Uh, well, no, one fifth of my <laughs> of of my soundtracking needs. Nice, very nice. Never, never, never. And then slowly now we bring uh, the four back together: Steph, Kitty, Sahi, and eventually Joe. 
or uh, well three of them absolutely distraught over the visions they've been forced to see and Kitty a bit bemused really hey there we go Sahi says fuck Wonderful. Oh, she says she says the T word next, but I've grown to kind of. I like saying it the British way because people are like, "What?" and that gives me enough time to run away. What twat? Yeah, because here they say twat. I know, which doesn't make sense because it's not spelled with an O. It's a short A sound, so twat. Like ha ha hat. Like like hat. Like hat. Twat like hat. Yes, oh, now, I, now it makes perfect sense. Sure, they found. Now I figured out that I fucked it up, but for some reason we say I'm stroking my cot. <laughs> Take that however you will. <laughs> so it's twat, isn't it? Yes, we're right. It's twat. Just keep yes. going. <laughs> oh, I will. Oh, I have no doubt. I wipe my feet on the mot. You are a cack. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Oh, we're talking over this big emotional scene, aren't we? I know. Just, just, but it is a comedy. I kind of did it because it's me and it sucks. I just can't do the crying. So. No, your crying's awesome. Between you, you and Tanya's crying, it's great. It's just like this, this big, intense tear-a-thon. It's perfect. Just don't write a big scene where all we do is fucking cry. Well, I think this is it. I think we get a lot of tears out in this episode, to be fair, for a while. Um, for, for at least one episode, before oh, we, all the crying that you'll hear. Did we mention that our CIA officer was played by the wonderful Mr. Zar- Mark Zaracor? I don't know. I don't think we did. We didn't. I apologize, Mark. It was awesome. I almost called him Zark Maricor. <laughs> no, it's very, very sinister, very, um... Yeah, creepy. Yeah, very creepy. And, of course, a creation of Sahi's mind, so almost clichéd in mm-hmm. the intensity and extremity, but, mm-hmm. you know, well, I'm sure not clichéd to the point of unrealistic, unfortunately. It sounded the way... I apologise for all CIA officers <laughs> listening to this show. I'm not trying to say you're all a bunch of cunts. Um, but other I'm law sure. officers are available. Only a couple of you are. <laughs> well, it, it sounded, he, Mark sounded the way it sounded in my head, so it was, that was cool. That's all we ask. Please don't crawl into my head anymore and listen to my thoughts. Thank you. <laughs> I think we should. I think we should just record your your thoughts and, and put them out as a third podcast, you know, the line and the commentary, and then You'll just hear random forth. shit like, where did I put that sock? I gotta get ice cream. When did David Duchovny become cool again? I just did. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff that runs through my head. It's not not that exciting. Not exciting, no, no. But you know, that's all right. No, I'm sure occasionally it's sex. I wonder. Well, then, as soon as I start thinking about David Duchovny, then it goes into sex. Now, so there you go. Yum. We won't go there. Anyway, that's that's the podcast of a different variety flavor. (laughs) Totally did. Totally different version. That's for the line after dark. It's the morning after. I put some cheesy, uh, some cheesy jazzy. Yes, you have cheesy 1980s drama jazz. I do. What do you mean it's not my baby? (laughs) I gave birth to him. Sue Ellen, that baby is clearly Asian and I am not. (gasps) No! Yeah, quite. Over here, it's, it's like, I was, I was, the soaps over here are so much more, there's no music at all. It's just people yelling at each other for half an hour. <laughs> there was one soap that I saw where pe- it was on very late at night, and people were, you guys get a lot more on TV than we can get away with. I'm just going to say that. Really? Late at night? Yeah, two guys shagging each other. Are you sure and it was I, a soap? It was some sort of late night soap. Late night Hollyoaks? Yeah. Probably. Hollyoaks, they do they do Hollyoaks after dark. Hollyoaks goes out about 6 o'clock in the evening. Is but then about 11, they, they do a late night one where they get to be a bit more risque. Although, I don't know if you have, I don't know if you've ever had two guys just fucking. It'd be cool if they did. But it I, was I, two I, guys, I was like it was clearly, they were, I don't, I think they were method acting. Um, it was, 
Oh no, I, I don't what? think. I'm not gonna lie. Watch, it was amazing. I, I, God, check, so, yeah, find out. It wasn't Queer as Folk, was it? No, Queer as Folk, I know. The British one as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a brilliant show. It is a brilliant show. Everyone, go out and watch Queer as Folk. Yay! Listen to end of No this, other program is available. Folk. No, this is except for ours. And when we turn this into a TV show. Absolutely. Well, I think some 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 of this show is is uh, is a new version of Queer as Folk. In it's not quite as funny it's and queer uh, as Torchwood. But, you know, it is Queer as Torchwood. Yeah. <laughs> Except the swearing is a little bit more natural from our wonderful cast than it is from the Torchwood cast. I never really understood why they couldn't get their head around or need their mouth around the word fuck. But it always came Owen, out. you must get your fucking things together. Close. Yeah, it was a little... Need something to yeah, we've now alienated everyone listening who doesn't understand what Torchwood is. Torchwood is not gospel, but Torchwood is good. Yeah, I wouldn't go and watch it. I'd go and watch Queer as Folk. Yeah, yeah. How many of those tablets? Ah, now Sahi uh, suggests they all take some drugs. Wow. They, well, they all noodle it out. They kind of figure out what, what kept... You, you, you know, 11. what kept Kitty nice. in her, like, happy joy-joy state. Everyone. <clears throat> and hence, what it is, that will protect all of them when they go and fight a demon. It's ecstasy! Yay! Or wait, did we do ecstasy right. or did we do her, her meds? Ecstasy. Okay. Yeah, they don't have, she's only got a couple of tablets, she didn't have enough. Gotcha. I think when we discussed this the first time... You said, I just want to see Sahi doing E. <laughs> I remember that. Well, she actually, yeah, the whole cast kind of keep it quite muted, which is good, because, like, again, it's one of those other things with the media and drugs, is they're often presented in a very unrealistic way. That over-the-top, Well, exactly, and also, like, everything's presented, like, everything is presented like you're on acid. Mm. You know, it's always like everything goes a bit colourful and swirly and people see things. Well, no. When you take ecstasy, things don't go colourful and swirly. Everything just becomes a lot more intense and a lot more excitable. Yeah, um, you when you drink and you shag. That's yeah, much when, you, when you smoke weed, you know, everything becomes a little bit more calmer and a bit more relaxed. You know, if you do a lot of the shit, yeah, you might start to have some adverse effects or, or yeah. see some shit. But, you know, so I wanted to present it like actual ecstasy. So everyone's just talking a little bit faster, a little bit more precisely and a little bit more cheerfully than they were before. Um, but I quite enjoy this demon fight, and um, I tried to mirror it on the demon fight with the demon child in episode six, um, because this is basically another of that that same ilk ilk of demons. I think it, really, it refers to the other demon as its sibling. Mm. You killed its baby brother or sister. Baby sister. No, I think it was brother. I think it was a little boy demon in episode six. It, yes, yes, it was. Um, although, of course, the, the sex or gender of the person that uh, the demon is inhabiting doesn't totally suggest the gender. Indeed, if demons have a gender. It's their own gender. They're demon. Yeah. And so, Vincent Morrison as the demon man. Mm. It's creepy. It's creepy and sexy. I, Vincent, seriously, do Good voice. Do I... Well, can... Never mind. I'll save that. Oh, hello. <laughs> See, there you go. I need a minute. And then it's just, uh, um, yeah, the fight scene kind of builds and it switches. You can't just listen, it's a commentary. It's Vincent. Um, well, it is Vincent, but it's still a commentary. <laughs> so right. the action in this scene just to jump backwards and forwards between Steph and the demon fighting and uh, Joe and Sahi trying to... Um, Mess around with the control channels. Now you don't like my solution to this problem, do you? I. It just. It was. It was too. I don't know. For me, it just seemed like it. it they. They. It seemed like it should have been a little more complicated than that. Yeah, yeah. It, it probably should have been, but this script was already forty pages long. Right. <laughs> right. And I, you know, we still have five pages to go. Um, as it is, I think your edits make it a bit more logical that they just, you know, change the feed and they, um, 
right. reconstructed, so it just puts out the, the only channel left going out is wedding TV, which is a bit more happy. It just it doesn't destroy the demon, it just weakens the demon, right? Because it's because it's been feeding off the despair emotions through the television, um, right. and uh, the weaker emotion just gives Steph that chance to go and decapitate no. it. I because originally it was a little it was a little longer, but it just wasn't it it didn't. It didn't seem to make uh like to pace right a little bit, and it's I'm still not even with some of, some of the stuff I I'm not a hundred percent thrilled with it because I think I think I could do better. I mean not that I could do better than you, that I could have written my stuff better. No, I think I think no, it, it it is what it is. The wedding TV thing is a cheap gag, but I thought it was quite funny, mm. and I get to use it to use a much uh even cheesier gag in the music that gets to be used. Uh, once the wedding channel is uh, promoted straight through the demon. Why are you saying that? <laughs> uh, but no, it is a bit of a deus ex machina ending, but whatever. Whatever. If everyone else can do it, why can't we? I love that scream from Joe just saying, I'm so fat. Stop <laughs> it. I've lost my place in the script, sorry. <laughs> That's alright, this is where dear Steph gets to kick the shit out the demon, finally. What are these feelings? These to people? Wagner's Bridal March. Yikes. That's a thousand televised weddings. A pile of people getting together in love with their families and friends. Oh, Tonya. You're so awesome. Really fun sex. <laughs> oh, perfect! There's a BAFTA for you too, Tanya. I'm gonna create my own BAFTA called the the the, the MAFTA. The MAFTA. <laughs> Excellent. It does sound like a big like some sort of interesting piece of clothing as well. But no, fair enough. Maybe that's what the statue could be. Is that a <laughs> I love it. An explosion. There we go. That's how we kill a fucking demon. Hooray! That's Yay. Yay! Squishing demons is awesome. Well, feeling a bit more cheerful? So, yeah, so as we approach the end of this episode, this has been episode eight. God, it is long. Um, but I hope not boring long, and I hope no one's listening going, God, I wish it would keep going, because um, I think it's all reasonably essential. We do address a lot of kind of empty hanging plot threads, such as uh, Kitty and Dean and Steph, and... Um, and a little bit about the team and the de- the destiny of this team. So, and then it sets up a nice, reasonably empty plate for episodes nine and ten. This is the final single part episode of uh, of Arc One. I know. We finish our two part episode coming uh, in December, and then the final part in January, and that's the end of Arc One. <gasps> Freaking crazy! That is quite scary. That is quite crazy. That's quite. That's quite extreme. Yeah. Awesome. Well, awesome. I have nothing else to say other than, you know, this is. It's it's coming together. I hope so. It's really. It's really gotten. I I just keep. I can't. I can't not. Well, I'm going to sound like I'm just, you know, wanking about it. But I just. I really get more more excited as I read each script. And, you know, in script 20, when Chewbacca comes out, and it's just amazing. Oh, you guys are just going to love it. I am very excited as to where it's going into Arc 2. I think I think there's some good there's some good shit coming in Arc 2. Um, mm-hmm. Some fantastic performances that I've already heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and some really cool scenes and some different little stories. And we begin to branch out a little bit and talk about a few other concepts and a few other issues that uh, I want to discuss. So, yeah, no, really excited where things are going. But... Here we are, end of episode eight. A uh, bit of Josh Woodward, um, my my current favourite composer and performers. Nice. Um, has a couple of songs in this, uh, but there's one last scene. Of course, there's one last scene um, because I think it's time to bring Tom Davies back to sanity. Which opens up some interesting questions of where we go from here. Mom? 
Um, and I love the little performance here from Chris Stardo, who's, who's sort of been uh, on the back seat for the last two episodes, really. He didn't have a lot to do in episode six. He had nothing to do in episode seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and has barely been in this episode. And now uh, now we bring him back as a nice cliffhanger finale. I love cliffhanger finales. Yay! I love a cliffhanger. Cut. I hate it when shit gets tied up neatly at the end. Well, I don't hate it. I just... I, um, I understand that it happens, but... I love it with And it also turns out that Tom doesn't seem to remember anything from the day that Steph was hit by the bus. Now, if you're listening to the commentary before the show, you jackass, go listen to the show, because we just totally spoiled it for you. <laughs> we did, although we spoiled it in continuity at least. So Yay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I hope you all enjoyed the show this month. I hope you all enjoyed the commentary. We're getting towards the end of 2010. Christmas is coming. Halloween's done. You guys over the pond have uh, have uh, that thing coming up. What's it called? Thanksgiving. That's it where you can give thanks for uh, killing Native Americans. I don't um, know. Um, you mean when the British came over and killed the Native Americans? I'm pretty sure it was only a couple of British people. Surely only, only a handful. The British have never done anything wrong, ever. Have you got other a flag? Than, other than, you know, taking over half the planet, enslaving the other half. And, With a flag! Uh, leaving a whole pile of countries in some real, real shit. Sorry, everyone. Um, I would have stopped them, but I was asleep. I love when that dubious finger gets wagged in our faces and I remind them, you know, back then, they weren't Americans, they were British. I know, but then they became Americans, and now you give thanks for becoming Americans <laughs> instead of being British. Thank God! Fine. Thank God. Thank you. Fine. We have coffee instead of tea. Um, we put lemon in our tea instead of milk. Yeah, I don't drink either, any of it, so uh, I can't really judge either way. It all seems a bit weird to me, really. Can't, can't, can't beat a good glass of wine. Oh, amen, my brother. You know, actually, it's getting uh, it, it, it's getting a bit dark here. It's about three o'clock in the afternoon. Who thinks it's a bad, appropriate time for a glass of wine? Well, it's ten fifteen in the morning here, so no. Yeah, but it, I always know. wait till eleven. Yeah, oh, there we go. Yeah, I think you can make an exception today. Well, mm, all right. <laughs> and that is the end of episode 8 and the trailer for episode 9 and wow I know and I've had to actually extend the music for the credits because there's so many names and so many pieces of music I think it was like 18 pieces of music in this episode Um, (laughs) did you have to loop it? that needs to be named so no no I just had to because I I used the end of a piece so I just used the beginning as well nice I mean normally doesn't kick in until a bit later so thank you everyone for listening um, to our random babbling about everything. Um, Yay! Hey, our commentary same length as the show. Yeah, I know. We are yes, seriously. This time we are. We're not yes. We're not doing letters corner, but we will be updating the blog. We will be updating it with a response to Mindy Rast's uh, recent email. We will be uh, updating it with a link to the George Takei uh, It Gets Better video. We will be updating it with a bit of extra discussion about um, this episode and about episode 7 as well Mm -hmm. Um, M I can write about how uh, I'm wrong about the American education system you're not um, wrong you're just you don't have the correct you don't have the complete information I don't I know I don't have any information really what what do I know I don't have any education system (laughs) there was something else too oh our contest Oh yes, that was it. That was it. Yes. So, if you didn't listen to last month's commentary, um, or even if you did, let's remind you that our current contest is to come with a tagline for the line. Uh, M and I will be the judges, and the best tagline will win a prize. Yay! Oh shit, I forgot to send a prize to Mindy, who won the last one, for listening all the way to the end. And because when you listen to the end, you get a prize, because she did. And yay for twice. All right, well, yeah, you you get in contact with Mindy and tell her she's won, because that's exciting. And um, as for the rest of you, yes, send in your strap lines. Um, Send them to thelinehq at gmail.com. Thelinehq at gmail.com. Oh, yes. Also, come to the blog where there'll be stuff posted. TheLineHQ.wordpress.com Follow me on Twitter. I am The Line Boy. Follow The Line, the show itself on Twitter. 
that's the line live. Follow M on Twitter. You are S I E I R O. There we go. It's like a song. S I E I R O. There we go. I was thinking more sort of Old MacDonald had a farm. S I E I R O. No. That's good. No. No? Yes. Mm. Anyway, so yay, a contest. Yes, please (laughs) do send in. Please send in any feedback you have. Please, dear gods, go to the iTunes page and leave us a review and some feedback. Um, how awesome we are. We shit. Or how much we uh, suck. Because it's good to leave feedback and it makes us all feel warm and fuzzy inside. Yay, I'm validated. So, that's it. <laughs> we'll see you here next month for the Christmas Spectacular. They'll be Yay. singing and dancing and Father Christmas makes a special appearance at the end and gives Kitty a present she won't forget. So, all right. we'll see you all then. Love you lots. Bye. Bye. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.